Greetings, Internet friends. Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. This is the audio version of an episode that was originally recorded as a video, but I've transferred it over to this audio podcast format in order to offer you a more flexible way to engage with it, rather than staring at a YouTube video for four hours. You can now superimpose my rambling over whichever compatible experience you desire, whether it be driving, walking, scrubbing the mildew off the bathtub, or attending an important Zoom meeting. Please excuse the poor microphone technique of the early walking and talking episodes. I promise it does get better as the series goes on. Since this was originally a video, I might occasionally refer to some visual element that you're not seeing, but by and large, all of the relevant information is in the audio. Publishing walking and talking as an audio podcast in addition to YouTube does cost me extra time and money, so if you find yourself listening regularly, please do consider supporting me via Patreon at patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. I want to make these episodes with more frequency and quality, and you can be assured that even tiny amounts of money that you donate will go a very long way in making that possible, in part because I am an anti-consumerist tightwad who will maximize the utility of anything you donate. I do publish some exclusive patron-only content on my Patreon page if that's of any interest to you, but my first priority is to continue making this show free for everyone and without ads or promotions. So once again, please check out patreon.com slash benjaminbennett and consider chucking me at least a couple of bucks. Any questions, comments, or feedback can be emailed to me at sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. And believe me, I do really appreciate any thoughtful emails that I receive. It's a welcome counterweight to all the inane YouTube comments on my channel. I'll put these links in the show notes, and without any further blathering, let's get on to the long blather. Greetings! My internet friends, welcome to Walking and Talking, the show where I walk and talk. I'm just kind of checking the time as I start here. I apologize that it's loud here. We'll be in a quieter zone pretty soon. I'm really, I'm really glad you're here. I feel, I think some, in a way, some kind of sense of relief right now to be doing this. Because it feels to me to be Opening the door to a, a way of perceiving myself that feels more clear and less encumbered than in the recent times when I, but leading up to this, 
you know the few the few days leading up to this um, in fact even the time between the previous walking and talking and now in my perception or in my in my uh, interpretation of that time in my memory of it it has seemed as if I, I felt a, a marked contrast between <clears throat> the openness and clarity and peace that I was experiencing during the last episode of Walking and Talking and the the rest of life following it the rest of life following it felt I felt more um, more shackled to the the bondage bondage of my identity and maybe maybe that feeling only came about as in contrast to what I was experiencing as freedom and clarity but regardless now I'm in this place where I'm able to reflect on all of that in a way that's in a kind of framework that has a stabilizing effect for me as in within this framework that I repeat these four hours of just walking and talking maybe it's because of the repetition but and this kind of level of removed from everyday life I seem to be able to get some useful perspective on life on you know the things that I think of as my life what I think of myself but more than more so than the thoughts about myself and my life. More importantly, this activity seems to be conducive to observing experience itself more clearly. I feel able to get some distance between my representation of of myself my conceptual understanding my image of myself and I feel able to connect more with just this direct 
experience. And in some ways that, at least within these four hours, in some way it's liberating. It can also be uncomfortable. But the discomfort feels manageable. And at some point, it seems to be subsumed by, by the liberation or subsumed by the disidentification with myself, the deep depersonalization. Even if there is physical discomfort, it feels pretty manageable. able to stay connected to a way of being that is bigger than just my uh, physical condition. But the f my physical condition, I'm very much <coughs> here in it and experiencing it and at times if I if I like pay attention and and choose to think this way I could think of some aspects of my physical experience now as being a little bit uncomfortable. But I'm able to experience that without feeling like it's suffering, you know, without suffering from that discomfort. You know, never losing sight of the transience of, of this discomfort.
and to varying degrees I may be identified or not identified with my thoughts and what I'm saying I'm trying as much as possible to speak all of my thoughts there have been some thoughts where I, that I haven't spoken or that have mainly consisted of just a process of of thinking about what I will say or having some thoughts about perceived quality of the content of what I'm saying and that sort of thing but I'm not feeling very attached to making it any kind of judgments about what I'm saying or really any specific emotional state either I don't feel a need to pursue any particular emotional state although since I have a knowledge that I will be doing this activity for a certain amount of time it could be that I somehow subconsciously regulate my emotions or physiological state in order to to you know get through this four hour time period without too much difficulty some thoughts might come up pertaining to particularities of this present experience um, you know physical particularities but I don't feel that interested in talking about those things because I feel more interested in talking about qualities of my experience that, that may actually be a little more universal, a little more a little less transient and perhaps a little bit more relevant and, and shared between you and I. You know qualities of experience, aspects of experience that that you might also be experiencing or that might inform your experience or not necessarily inform but affect your experience
isn't it's not about anything personal really I'm not here to I'm not here to actually talk about myself exactly boy I'm so bundled up it's getting hot It's not so much about talking about myself in a personal way as it is about having an experience and and sharing an experience really. sharing an experience with you. Practical thoughts will will come into my mind. Like, like what is the value of this experience? Um, you know, of what benefit is it? And that question came into my mind just now, and I I didn't have the answer. what some possibilities kind of rushed through my mind of what might constitute value in this context. And I think the first one was just entertainment. Is there entertainment value to this? And I realized there really isn't. At least in my estimation, I wouldn't I wouldn't find this entertaining. At least at the moment. Maybe there's maybe there are times and maybe there will be times that can be considered entertaining. You know, I haven't put any effort into condensing anything into a, sh a, a shorter form that would be digestible in a shorter time. That's, uh, you know, maybe that strikes me as some kind of issue. Or, I mean, 
you know often you see a, a video that might be only 15 minutes long but many many hours of work went into editing it and animating it and writing it writing it performing it filming it editing animating such that in that short 15 minutes it seems like you're able to absorb a lot but this doesn't have any of that If there, if there's anything external that is going into this, it would have to be said to just be the rest of my life. You know, the way that I've lived my life and the things that I've done and experiences that I've had and things that I've thought about and things that I've practiced and everything. And so, and there's nothing really in me that really considers that to be particularly value, valuable or that it should be especially valuable to you. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the also, I guess what's, what's reaffirming is that I don't feel like I'm really forcing anything upon you you know I'm not uh, I'm not really making a demand on your time I'm just kind of putting this out there where it's accessible just in the in the chance that some people may find it find some reason to watch it. And if I if I think about my persona and my charisma that I am putting into this video, I th I think that there's very little of that. There's I don't think that I am making an effort to be animated and engaging. In fact, I would I would have to consider this, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to evaluate this, it would have to be said to be very boring, I, I would say, you know, if we're going to uh, make a kind of 
general evaluation based on our perceived notions of what the general YouTube viewer would would think of this. Or maybe that's just me doing that. Maybe I'm just making assumptions about the average YouTube viewer. But maybe it may be time really to just set aside any, all those evaluative things and to stop really even thinking so abstractly, so logically about what this is and how this is. say when I said the words how this is it kind of it, it triggered a different kind of experience in me <clears throat> where I kind of asked myself how how is this and by this I meant like just this right now this uh, this experience And no, uh, no real qualities, no particular qualities jump out at me. It just kind of is how it is. I just feel interested in, in continuing in that mode of observation of just how, 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 what, what is this experience? If there's no how, I mean, there's, there are, you know, it's like there's aspects within it and then there's, it's like the how things, the how things, you know, the ways that I could evaluate this experience. They seem to always involve a mental projection outside of this experience. That is, it involves thinking about, thinking about you and thinking about who you might be, what you might be like, what you might be thinking and feeling in relation to the experience you're having and and kind of making some guesses and then maybe feeling maybe feeling some discomfort based on those guesses um, or an urge to change the nature of what's going on here in order to 
to please or, or appease or uh, bring a certain certain quality a certain particular quality to your experience but um, as I say that it, it becomes very clear that that's not necessary or or even even really desirable at, at the moment and when I stated you know this this process of when I talked about evaluating what's going on in this video and broke down that process of you know mentally projecting imagining your experience it it makes perfect sense and I, I there's no I don't find any fault with that I don't find any fault to to taking your experience into consideration but I think I would like to be taking your experience very deeply very deeply into consideration And to, to care for your experience with, with every bit of knowledge and wisdom and intuition that I have, that I have within me. And following that deeper intuition leads me not to feel like I should entertain you. Or to even, you know, do any specific thing to engage you or capture your attention, even. Because for the part of you that wants that, there is a myriad of other content just at the at a click you know one click and it's there it's there in your sidebar on YouTube it's right there you're probably looking at the thumbnail of something that's a lot more sexy and alluring and stimulating than this interest in competing for your attention right now maybe I do maybe I, maybe I do a little bit in some weird way
I care about your experience. In such a deep way. That what I what I desire most of all to bring into your experience are are qualities of truth. More so than bringing you any kind of sensual pleasure or intellectual stimulation. Or even reassurance. I feel like I've experienced very directly the absolute importance of pursuing truth above everything else. And experience consequences of doing anything else. not about a it's not really about an intellectual fact so much it is as about a, a, a truer and clearer experience of of reality, of, of experience itself, you could say.
but I in 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 the spirit of, of truth I can't this is this is not to say this is not to say that something about your experience right now is untrue either You know, how could, how could anything about your experience right now be untrue? It's your experience. It's real. I'm just not trying to... I'm not trying to draw your mind into into thinking about anything. Thing, well, that's not really true. It's not that I'm not trying to think either. You know, I have to think in order to talk. I, you know, during this four hours, there's no escape really from my thoughts. to have a perspective a perspective that's coming from outside of my thoughts that's able to see my thoughts has that happened yet I'm not sure am I my thoughts or am I something else Maybe it'll help if I, if I speak a little bit faster. That is, I, I don't take all these rests in my speaking because the rests kind of allow my thought to run without me narrating it. But <clears throat> if I do this, if I speak a little bit more continuously, I'm kind of forced to observe my talking a little bit more closely. 
you know, not take a not take a break from it. Just kind of hear my own talking. There's still still some doubts. I still have some doubts about the quality of this. What's uh what am I doing here? What uh What value could this be to for anyone? You know what am I what am I talking about about all this all this stuff about uh, about truth? What do I mean by that? Why and and you know Am I am I doing this for your your benefit or am I doing it for my benefit or or both or is is there actually is there actually any benefit and what's my motivation here you know Like the thought that this is just at the the pinnacle of narcissism has a lot of weight. some some uncomfortable thoughts are happening here but at the same time at the same time little glints of of feelings of depersonalization that is just just kind of experiencing this without without feeling uh, so much like there's a self-interested subject struggling through it but you know like knowing there there is like maybe some kind of struggle going on but not feeling identified with that struggle exactly but and, and also, having a faith that that struggle um, is not by any means a uniformly bad thing or an entirely bad thing, or that to the extent that it's difficult, then it's also useful, or that, uh, you know, You know, seeing seeing the non-duality of any anything that's going on, that is. I think I I think I, I, I spoke about this 
some last episode, but it being that like to the extent that there is difficulty being experienced, it's it's only experienced as difficulty when there is is the abstraction of time present. That is it's experienced as difficulty when compared to an abstract idea about the time that would be the opposite, that a time of ease. So it's like, uh, without, without that kind of like duality of, uh, time, you know, when I, when I stop Comparing the present experience to one that I'm imagining That existed in the past or that will exist in the future Then it stops being experienced as difficulty And it just starts being experienced as this just like kind of like transient like texture of of reality or something like that but very like surface level And as I'm as I'm starting to talk about this, I'm <clears throat> I'm feeling like I'm feeling my body actually relax a little bit, and I, I'm feeling the 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 constrictors of of myself relax a little bit, loosen up a bit, and. My, myself feels more permeable to 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 the rest of the world and um, you know more and more connected with the rest of the world to the extent that I can you know hopefully stop experiencing that so dualistically as well interesting because it it feels like a it feels like a state of peace but um, again that's only when compared to my my concept my abstract you know memory and concept of of the opposite of that, of, of feeling stressed, 
anxious, worried about myself. Of, you know, what, uh, you know, what, like worrying about uh, what, what value do I have as a person. need to acquire more value as a person. Where it's like kind of kind of paradoxically it seems like to whatever extent that I am able to contribute value lies in my, my capacity to not experience the thought of value, not, ex, you know, not, not view the world in terms of value. And in a relative, in some kind of relative sense, I can conceive now of what potential value this video might have for other people. And that perhaps it could impart to, to you somewhat of the the peace that I am experiencing. But then again, if I but then you know if I when I start to think that way. then it starts to kind of undermine undermine the process that's contributing to that piece, you know what I mean? As if as if I start to form a concept of what's going on right now based on that idea of value then this actual feeling of peace that I have starts to become, I don't know, it starts to, it starts to become dependent on something. It starts to become dependent on a certain abstraction that's in my mind. Like in, in a way, In a way, I have to not, not think about you too much. 
but at the on the same token I have to think about neither you nor myself too much I don't know why why can't I what's uh am I is this a worry am I worrying about something I'll just go ahead and and just refocus on it's as if uh, it's as if I started it's as if I went to a, a space of permeability of my identity and then somehow from that started thinking logically in a way that led to some confusion or anxiety or something like that. I started to ask myself, is this, is this work that I'm doing right now? I'm not sure. I don't really know. There's, I can see four car bumpers down there in that ravine. Four car bumpers. There's a, there's five. You know, here's the guard railing that's broken down. There's more guard railing that's broken down. Uh, This road seems like a death trap to me. That road up there. This curve here is just like, I wonder how many people have died on that curve. Sorry to go into externalities now we'll walk away from the road and it'll be a lot quieter and even even this river is a lot calmer over here. Maybe that will have a pacifying effect on our psyches. No need to worry about it though. I can't help but remember 
remember an experience in which I I felt I felt outside of time. And it feels odd to remember something like an experience like that as as being in the past because the very nature of that experience seems to undermine the notion of the past. And along with it, a desire to have that experience again, which is problematic because it is, it means that that desire has a quality of striving for something that I'm imagining might exist in the future. And so seems to prevent me from from reaching it in the present. Is it is it always just a matter of acceptance? Of whatever the present moment is? when I'm there's there's moments where I've brief moments here where I feel able to like internally accept the present uh, and there I can see how I can see how it's necessary to kind of cut through certain evaluative thoughts and their associated emotions. The thoughts always, the thoughts always pointing towards an other possibility. of other things that I could be doing right now, of other things that other people are doing right now. Which are, you know, all of these are are pretty imaginary. You know, it's it's uh it's only it's only imaginary.
because you know this is this is how things are this is how they have to be I don't know is that is that is that do I believe that I don't know it seems like I could seems like I can change certain aspects of what's going on now seems it certainly seems like I have free will Some of these thoughts are very hard to ignore. Thoughts about Thoughts about how I could be doing something more valuable. They feel, they feel very strong. But I, I think I think maybe I'm maybe I am following some kind of some kind of faith in in not only this particular process of walking and talking but also the more general process that is my life and then beyond that the process that is the world which my life is is only you know a component of and uh some kind of some kind of faith I don't know you know it's like these these uh, doubting thoughts that I have all have to do with imagining different external circumstances Imagining a, a different external path for my life.
but there's still there's some there's some kind of faith that that none of those you know external circumstances in in themselves are going to you know bring real bring about like real happiness or or more happiness or something like that some kind of feeling that like that right now that the the battle has to be fought internally and it's so I've I've limited limited my activity for this period of time limited my my ability to you know like make decisions and affect things in the external world beyond beyond whatever effect that this video might have but if you know if, if I remember that you know not like now I remember like yeah this you know this is a video also and it involves you <clears throat> and it's it's not it's not purely an internal thing that's going on right now I need to stop and start the video because I know that this this camera has a penchant for freezing the video and only recording the audio so I'm stopping and restarting every half hour But you know, like, here I am, here I am, here I am talking about the internal versus the external as if I haven't a thousand times before pointed out the falseness of that dichotomy. I'm, it's like I'm, I'm doing this in, in to, to inhabit the, the way of being where that dichotomy is the, the unity beneath it is revealed if that makes any sense
there's still there still exists some element of struggle here but you know I I thought of those words before I said them there was a there was a gap in the talking there was a there was a gap in the talking and I I thought about there still being struggle and then when I started talking then I just kind of paid paid more attention to this experience of talking and it's like there wasn't room for the struggle for a moment you know for a moment there wasn't room for me to be thinking about how this was a struggle because I was just paying such close attention to what I was doing and you know that the the key here might be to really just exert more effort just to try harder in, in the thing that I'm doing right now in talking you know like why like if I if I notice each break that I'm having that some either discomfort creeps in or my mind starts to wander towards places that seem extrinsic to what I am trying to accomplish here um, but I'm but I'm what I'm what I'm trying to accomplish here is also something that is is kind of it's kind of undefined so it's it's not it's not super easy to put my thumb on and to you know keep a hold on it but if I just like continue with this you know applying effort then you know I might be able to to get to the you know remain remain in the zone where there's no experience of suffering no experience of difficulty I just want to try that you know and so I'm talking a little bit more and as I do that like each m moment that I'm saying something like it feels like I'm starting to just notice what's going on a little more freshly, like each each moment. Like the uh, there's there's the sound of myself talking, and there's the the physical sensations, and there's all this visual input, and just kind of focusing on all that there's like a, a memory crept into a memory crept in about the last walking and talking where all of that all of that seemed so um, effortlessly accessible so effortlessly present but now I'm having this experience of uh I suppose needing to put effort into remaining in that 
type of like fresh experience. But I, you know, I wonder if, you know, if I continue applying this effort, if, if the experience of effort might itself kind of vanish as I like get inside of it. That was a, a pause where I didn't think that I was thinking of anything, but then once I started talking again, I realized that the words that I said, the words that I said about it being a pause where I wasn't thinking anything, that was a thought that was formed during that pause. Oh, what's, you know, what's going on now, you know? like. I, 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 I feel like, um, I feel like this is work. It feels like, I feel, it's starting to, to feel like work. Like, feeling, feeling like, um, uh, you know, uncomfortable. In, in a sense of just like, of just like, experiencing reality with fewer filters and it being a little harsh. And I I have I have no doubt that you know the quality of this this experience right now is is completely uh linked, you know, if if we want to talk about time with everything I've done in the past, you know, in, in the recent past, like, uh, what kind of way that I've, you know, treated my mind and body. If I, <clears throat> have I, have I acted in ways to to kind of shield myself from experiencing reality as, you know, the, the harsh side of reality. You know, by, you know, like sensual, sensual pleasures, you know. And it seems it seems really apparent to me that to whatever extent I engage in in sensual pleasures, you know, distractions basically, distractions from distractions from the emptiness and meaningless of reality. Later on, you know, an experience like now when I don't have access to any distraction. You know, or any significant distraction. No, you know, no real, no real like stimulating sensual pleasures that like, 
that that has the effect of uh, reality, you know, my experience of reality being more harsh and difficult. But when I, you know, when I when I don't engage in any of those distractions, don't engage in any kind of sensual stimulation and pleasure. You know, to the extent that I'm able to do that, I may experience difficulty, but that difficulty means that I I am I'm coming back home to the, the base of reality. And once I make myself at home there, it's no longer harsh, you know? And the, you know, the, 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 the upside of reality, the, the warmth and happiness of reality, like that can be experienced in, in just increasingly subtle things, you know? Like there's like this wall this rock wall covered with icicles like I can I can see I can see the beauty in that but I think that you know in the past few days if I had abstained more from stimulating aesthetic experiences you know digital media being the main culprit that I could experience this beauty even more fully it's like um, a yeah it's like a wringing out of my mind squeezing it out like a sponge you know And, you know, f physiologically, you know, if I, to the extent that I abstain from stimulating foods or, you know, or overeating, eating, you know, more than I need to survive, uh, more than I need to, you know, like, maintain a healthy body. To the extent that I, you know, indulge in anything, really, I, uh, I'm, I'm compelled to experience the downside of that. And it just feels... Um, it just feels of, of paramount importance to me, right now, right now anyways.
to continue abstaining from like these pleasurable things. Because they, they create a instability. You know? They create dependence and instability. But, I mean, one, one kind of... Uh, it's, it's difficult to do that, of course. Because, it, you know, to, to like have this experience of returning down to like a, the baseline of reality of... Um, like involves this experience of of like what feels feels like coming down of experiencing emptiness and sadness and darkness and difficulty and you know the more you do that the more allure and power that the sensual the sensual stimuli have you know you become if you you know get your body and your senses and your mind into a very sensitive and subtle state then the You know, all the all the stimulation that's available out there in the world, you're you're that much more affected by it if you do indulge in it. But you know, maybe I maybe I maybe sometimes I think that there's a way for those experiences to, to pass through you without you without developing any dependence or um, attachment to them but <clears throat> honestly I, I don't think you can experience pleasure without uh, without also getting the downside of it without getting the attachment to it that you just have to then undo the work of of breaking by experiencing um, the difficulty of that the absence of that pleasure. That's what addiction is about. It's like to. To, to break any addiction, I think like you just have to experience an incredible amount of pain, and you have to stick with that pain and stick, st and just experience it fully. You know, and it can be, it can be like physical pain, but more often it's mental and emotional suffering. You know, you might, if you're, if you're, you know, breaking an addiction, you might just have a, like, you know, 
dark night dark nights of the soul you know uh just ex experiencing the 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 harshest the heart the most harsh and ugly view of yourself and the world that you've ever seen before and then you know when you're when you're in that state of difficulty it's like the original the original stimulus is that is like all that much more appealing because you know you're having an, a horrifying experience a terrible experience and the original stimulus the thing that you were addicted to like becomes that much more alluring because it offers a temporary relief from that shielding you but still you know and if, if you give into that like the, it's like the addiction remains and you're still in this you still have this instability you still have this dependence um, on that stimulus in order to to not feel like this this uh this dark and harsh experience of reality and this this you know this applies to almost everything that we have in our lives it's it's weird it's like uh you know when i put it in terms of addiction and we tend to think about drugs or maybe like unhealthy food, you know. But there's no there's no sharp line between what's an addiction and what is uh you know just like a necessary part of life, you know? Like you know, we can talk about you know stimulating food being addictive like candy and then so you know you can get get rid of take the candy out of your diet but then it's like carbs um and then like you can you can just keep going and like 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 you know in in a sense like eating food at all is addictive Like we are dependent on eating food in order to not experience like the harshest and darkest, you know, experience of reality, which would be of starving to death. But you know, like there's there have been people that have 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 really gone far in that direction to to the extent where you know somebody has 
Like, you got uh, Ramana Maharshi who <clears throat> was in, in such disregard for his body, you know, in the state of internal absorption so powerful that, um, you know, they say bugs and rats started eating away his thighs and people had to come and put food into his mouth or else he would have starved to death because uh, he had, you know, so thoroughly given up any attachment to his worldly form that, you know, he could, he could have just died. And it's like, do, do we want that? No, most of us, most of us don't really, ow, most of us don't really want that. I would, I, I would, I, I could even probably venture to say nobody wants that. You know, and so we, we eat food and, you know, when we feel hunger, there's, we feel this draw towards eating, a magnetism of, of eating, and you feel hunger, and then, you know, that hunger is a manifestation of the emptiness of being, and then you get, you get some food, and then it's a relief, and you feel some extent the the upside of reality the part of reality that you're grateful exists you know in my experience the more that I the more that I dive into the experience of emptiness the more relieving and refreshing it is to to like to to go back into like the you know quote unquote elus illusion of meaning of things you know of just like You know, you can, you can, uh, you can realize, you know, really thoroughly and, 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 uh, and realistically the kind of, uh, void of, of meaning that underlies everything. You know, and, and, and you, you know, most likely experience this, like, in solitude. You know, wh whether it's, uh, whether it's physical solitude or, or just, like, like, a, like, social, feeling socially isolated or something, like, whether there's people around you or not. And then, and then, like, and then later that day, 
you can you could have like a, a just like a great time just like joking around with a friend or something and 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 feel like like feel like a profound happiness and lightness and i i think those two experiences are are really inextricably linked to each other it's like that that emptiness while often experienced as real it's not it's not the only aspect of reality because its opposite exists in equal measure the fullness of being and and the wonder of being And in my experience, it's like the, the more, the more, usually the more intensely you experience. All right, the, uh, the camera stopped recording there. I'm not sure where exactly it was, but I'm just gonna recap. <clears throat> recap what I was saying. What I was talking about, you know, people with bipolar disorder where they might go through a, a phase of depression where they are experiencing a swirling void of emptiness and meaningless and, and darkness underlying all of reality and that being an absolutely real experience for them, as real as anything you or I experience. And then following that period, they have the opposite experience of feeling, you know, this surge of meaning and love and significance of themselves and of, of the world, maybe even to the extent that they have this experience, of, they, they see themselves as being a kind of spiritual messiah or something like that. And like a, an incredible amount of enthusiasm and optimism about everything. And, you know, this is also, a, you know, totally real in their experience, as real as anything, as real as any other experience. And we call it bipolar disorder because it's kind of a, a bifurcation of the experience of reality, a polarization of the experience of reality, whereas most of us tend to abide somewhere closer to the middle ground you know, we, you know, we experience ups and downs in life, you know, periods of, periods of ease and happiness and pleasure and periods of difficulty and, you know, those periods could be short or long, 
more extreme or less extreme, but tend to be less extreme than someone with with bipolar disorder. But the same f essential phenomenon is still happening with everybody. Like, like our our the way we perceive reality changes all the time and it it becomes positive or negative and in one sense you know we can see how a person's perceptions aren't you know totally an, an objective measure of reality when you know you you have a friend who seems to feel really negatively about some experience that you feel like positive or neutral about or vice versa you uh, have a friend who really loves something that you you don't like they or they, they're having a really positive experience of something that you have a neutral or negative experience of and so we can see how those um, perceptions are, are no measure of objective reality and how our emotional responses to things are no measure of objective reality. But subjectively, they're they're completely real. Like if, you know, if you are, and, and like, you know, you're gonna run into this anytime you try to, anytime you try to quit any kind of bad habit that you have. When you quit the habit, you're gonna you're gonna have to face some negative experiences that are are gonna be very real. And you know you'll you'll also experience positive things that you know that that experience of positivity is going to be absolute also is also real but if your perspective is broad enough then increasingly you you recognize the transience of of all of those emotions and all those perceptions and so you're able to to behave in a way that's 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 overall more i guess more consistent 
more reliable. more conducive to a more stable existence. And 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 you know probably you know tending tending more towards tending tending away from addictive behaviors and, and more towards you know stable uh, stability in, in emotions and stability in in, in worldview. It's not not like a by that I don't mean a, a fixed or rigid worldview but but an awareness of of the, the you know the relativity and the transience of perceptions I think this is, you know, tends to be just part of maturing as a person. Let's get a gander at this. How's that for some sensual pleasure? Wow. This is something I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't done this today. Wow.
Alright, that was just a little break for some aesthetic beauty. Let's get back to work here, back to the the hard work of of remaining unceasingly with reality, of staring unblinkingly at ourselves. You know? What what do I have to say for myself? What am I doing here? What what uh what am I contributing again? I I think we've already haven't we already addressed these questions? It's still here. The question is still here though. What the hell am I doing with my time? What what are you doing with your time? Are are we gaining some insight here? Or are we just are we just wasting our lives? You know, if the question is here, maybe we maybe we just need to work harder here until that question disappears. But and and what I mean by work harder is for me is to talk faster. Let's just keep going here, keep letting the words come out of my mouth and hearing them and then, you know, allowing that thought to continue on to the next sentence. And maybe this is, or maybe it's a, a run-on sentence, but regardless, you know, I gotta continue to have faith in this format of of just continuing to talk and there not being so much of any valuative restrictions in here. Although they may, there may be valuative restrictions. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not really I'm not talking about my personal life at all, really. It's just talking about this experience mainly. And I've, I guess I have kind of expounded upon some ideas that, that reference external life. Not, not exactly my personal external life. And there seems to be some kind of <clears throat> quality of uh, like what people call presence. But at the same time, there's just talking in a, a pretty matter of fact way. Um, Maybe earlier in the video, the tone was, was maybe a little bit precious or profound. But now maybe it's a little more neutral. 
and I feel fine with that, you know. I feel um, I feel pretty accepting of whatever's gonna whatever content is gonna come out of this process whatever content's happening now hi hi you know another period of pause let's like let's just uh you know, it's just like push ourselves a little bit to like, uh, not, not rest in those pauses, you know? Let's just, let's keep moving here and see if we can't just like get into a faster flow, you know? I'll pick up my pace of walking a little bit and maybe with it my pace of talking will pick up a little bit, you know? Let's not like, let's not just like, um, drag our feet, you know, mentally, or like spiritually, let's like, let's really like get into the flow of, of what I, what I, what I suppose I'm going to call work here, but, you know, it's not, it's not only work, you know. But, you know, it's like, always 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 this question of like you know what now what uh, what to say now what to say next what I'm gonna say after the sentence and I don't want to become repetitive and I don't want to rely on any kind of <clears throat> you know like cheap mechanism of, of filling time. I want actually the time to be filled by, you know, actual thought that's being generated here, you know, continuously, which means no moment is the same as the last moment. And that's always going to be true, I think, even if I were just repeating, you know, the same couple words over and over again or something like that that it would still be change coming about resulting just from the experience of time the passage of time and how that changes the experience of even experiencing the same uh, repeated thing you know and we, we, we see that in music and stuff but and it does happen to be the case that uh, ideas become recapitulated, certain themes come up again, and that's fine, really. It's not like, um, it's not as if everything has to be 100% through composed, you know. There can exist some continuity, there can exist, uh, yeah, reprisal. But it happens naturally. It just... It's just like what, what comes up 
if we don't stop moving, you know? Just like, don't. Don't stop moving, don't stop talking. Don't let your mind, don't let the mind rest on some solid concept of yourself. I mean, it doesn't, it, that doesn't mean you have to be, you know, frantically searching for something new. Hey, there's a nice rock. But you know, just stay, stay active, stay alive. Keep, keep observing in, in a realistic way. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open and, and, and And listen to your listen to your deepest intuitions. Because your your intuitions are a form of knowledge that's that's more complex than you can can really like logically comprehend you know and that doesn't mean it doesn't mean you know always react to your emotions. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, don't accept, don't accept a, uh, a, some kind of surface level, surface level, uh, what seems like truth when, you know, there's something, something telling you that they're there's something true in a deeper sense. It is a nice rock. It's so orange. That's like the brightest color I've seen today. Look at that.
we we stopped I stopped talking and uh, and then I then I I found myself out of the flow of what 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 I was doing drifting drifting off but I'm I guess I'm I'm back into it now that's another cool rock Look at that! Damn! Look at that rock, you know? You, you put yourself in this context and just like really subtle sensory stimuli just become like uh, so much more powerful, you know? Like None of these rocks, none of these rocks are going to hold my attention if I, you know, have YouTube at my fingertips. But out here, you know, they're, they're great. What's, what's this for? What are, what are we, what are we accomplishing here by making this video and by viewing this video? Anything? Is it just a... Uh, is it simply, is it simply like, uh, for the novelty of, of doing something completely pointless? It's not, it's, it's pointless and it's not. It doesn't have a point in the conventional utilitarian sense. But there's, it does have some kind of point of, I think of, I think of, of reaching towards some kind of, some kind of like, some kind of horizon of meaning that's not immediately identifiable. You know, that's not currently identifiable in our understanding of the world, you know? like uh, you know meditation meditation it's done it done in a certain sense done from a certain attitude has um, has utility you know makes makes you better at handling certain things uh, you know, decreases stress, um, tends to have beneficial health benefits, 
makes you more productive, you know, like, um, but in, but I, but during, done in its truest sense, meditation is like the antithesis of utility. It's just, it's just like a way of uh, being that's not oriented towards anything external from itself. It's not going towards something else. So this, you know, this, this video could, this video might inhabit a similar territory. Of, in the relative sense, one could point towards possible benefits of this video. But in the ultimate sense, we're not we're not getting anywhere here. We're not we're not doing anything. We're just we're just walking and talking. And uh, I don't know. I kind of think. I kind of think that that. That that kind of like double meaning, that sort of am ambiguity of utility, um, realistically, kind of kind of underlies everything. You know, anything that we we do. You know, some forms of work. Some forms of work are. Just much more practical. Helping people in immediate ways. Like being a doctor, you're just helping people. Or a nurse, or hospice worker, teacher, etc., etc. Um, and, you know, there's, there's cases that seem, seem pretty clear cut, pretty, pretty obviously that they're, they're helping people. So there doesn't seem to be much ambiguity there, but, you know, very frequently we come into cases of ambiguity about whether something's helping somebody or whether or whether it's hurting somebody or or whether it's kind of like a net neutral you know you think about like think about a lot of businesses and 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 retail like like you're you know if you're selling somebody some healthy food then like you know it seems it seems fairly obvious that you're helping helping a person but like if you're selling somebody some unhealthy food then is that helping them or is that hurting them if you're selling somebody candy is that helping or hurting them you know it's there's so much ambiguity there and even even in things like medicine um, 
some medicine might on the surface seem to be helping people, but maybe there's side effects, there's harmful side effects, or maybe it builds kind of a dependency on that medicine that hurts them as much as it helps them. Sometimes, you know, sometimes that seems to be the case. There's all kinds of these uh, moral ambiguities that occur in our lives. Like, you know, it's like raising a child, like do you do you like give in to their their pleas to make them happy or or do you like discipline them and, and like force them to experience a little discomfort so that they they'll grow in a, a a more healthy way and learn. And then, you know, like when you when you start to try and when you start to really try and quantify utility in the grand scheme of things, um, things get very ambigu ambiguous. Because it's so complex, you know. Like vegetarianism, veganism, you know, grass-fed beef. Like, there's so many. There's a lot. There's a lot of different angles from which to to come to supposed conclusions about the morality of these things. And none of it's really, none of it's really clear. When you, you know, you start to, you start to think about, you know, um, total utility, like what's, what's the most possible good you can do in the world? What's the most possible benefit you can have in your life? It's so, it's, that's such, that's such a complex question and often, often comes down to, to total ambiguity for me, it seems like. like you know you even have this this question of like well is it well is is uh is proliferating um the human race as much as possible is that of a net positive value you know utility in terms of you know and then like what like how are we judging utility in the first place is it happiness and and if it's happiness, then how are we defining happiness? If it's, if there's something, is, or is it, is it not happiness, but is there something, is there a deeper kind of fulfillment and meaning that's, uh, that's deeper than happiness, that's, that is more important? You know, the, the, uh, the human, the human capabilities approach. 
Martha Nussbaum. Martha, Nups, Martha Nussbaum's capabilities approach of, of like quanti trying to quantify well-being not on the satisfaction of people's desires or on any you know like simple simple measure of how happy they say that they are but on to what extent they have the potential to fulfill all of their human capacities and, and you know growth and flourishing and overcoming goals and uh, challenging themselves and, and learning and, and having freedom and participating in their governments and you know having effect in their world and and like that's you know not exactly equivalent with happiness do we equate that with utility or or, or do we leave those in separate categories and then so if you know and then if say we do say we do um, accept Nussbaum's capabilities approach you know and and we 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 accept that that the greatest good at least as far as humans are concerned lies in creating the potential for as many people as possible to to realize their own potential and as far as possible which may actually involve a lot of struggle and difficulty. And then, then how do we go about, how do we go about achieving that? I mean, and does that mean that like, we, does that mean that we can help that person to, to achieve that or, or, or do they have to achieve it themselves? Like, like without, without a, 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 some paternalistic um, helping hand. You know, if you, you have a depressed friend, how do you help that person? Is it by like constantly cheering them up? Like they, like, so that you become the person that they, that they call like, several times a day to be cheered up and they depend on you? Is it by, you know, constantly reassuring them and, and telling them what a, what a good person they are and, uh, you know, and, and trying to, to kind of like stroke their, their ego or something like that? Or is it, you know, it seems like, it seems like you have a depressed friend it's like your your friend has to your friend has to develop you know their own intrinsic source of of being able to to go on and of overcoming that depression like they you know so what what can you do to encourage that? I don't know. Maybe it's 
maybe it's helping maybe it's you know helping cheer them up sometimes when they're you know really incapable of doing it themselves but not doing it so much that they can totally just depend on you for that and sometimes you know the thing to do might just be you know to let that person experience the you know intense pain and discomfort of 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 running up you know unfiltered against harsh reality and ex experiencing the darkness and the difficulty and the emptiness because maybe they have to experience that in order to learn how to deal with it and how to how to get a deeper understanding of of life Like what you could call uh, tough love. You care deeply about a person, but you, you have to let them go through something really hard without your help. And some, sometimes it seems like that can be applied to a lot of a lot of situations, where what on the surface might seem to be helpful isn't isn't really so much. And so, yeah, like I was I was saying, like I think a lot of a lot of what we do for work. It's kind of ambiguous like this. Like you do you do any job for long enough. I think that you 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 tend to exp to to experience some emptiness within it. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. On the on the same token, people you do a job long enough and you start to 
sometimes people start to feel more and more fulfillment from it. But maybe, maybe both of these things are happening to some extent. But for me, like the way to work is, is not really thinking about it being beneficial or, or being harmful, but just kind of like doing it and just, you know, just keeping, just like being completely present with like, you know, every moment of, of doing your work. And that kind of excludes, you know, the, the, the valuation of the, it kind of like actually being present and just paying attention to what you're doing. I think kind of, you know, there's, there's not, shouldn't be any room really to, for you to be thinking about how you're helping the world or hurting it. You just kind of do it. I mean, I mean, I don't know. On the other hand, yeah, it's, it is important. It is important to, to not do thing, do something. If, if you really feel like it's hurting the world or hurting a person. But, you know, you, you got to have a, a complex and nuanced view of cause and effect in the world in order to, you know, to be able to make informed morality judgments. And so, you know, I, I know it, it, uh, it's, it, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to like be motivated to do something when, when it's like really just obviously like hurting people or hurting the, hurting, you know, the world in some way. And so, you know, any anybody with any kind of like 
moral conscience. Uh, either, either you know, shies away from that work, or they have to get paid a really shitload of money in order to to have to endure the cognitive dissonance of fucking up the world. You know, that happens. Is that a mosquito? It looks like a mosquito crawling on snow. Wow. I might be wrong about that. But for me, a lot of times, you know, like for me, of course, I'll, I'll avoid doing things that, that's, that appear to have, you know, an obvious negative effect on, you know, whatever happiness or utility or, you know, however I'm conceiving it, um, benefit in the world. Um, but often if I really, if I really think, try to think thoroughly about the, you know, net impact of something that I'm doing, you know, really following down every trail of cause and effect. Oftentimes what happens for me is that it all kind of it all kind of neutralizes. You know, like you help you help someone in some immediate sense, but uh, on the other token it like they they it costs them some money to get that help and and maybe it's like training them to be dependent on some form of help and you know maybe it's maybe it's like not contributing to like some heightened state of consciousness for them or, or something like that you know and and uh but then again it's like creating some some ease in their life that, that you know maybe they can they need to they need that so they can focus their efforts elsewhere you know and then like you know think about environmental impacts and stuff and how how like it kind of seems like almost almost every kind of transaction that we partake in has some negative environmental impact but then again those transactions seem necessary for just the, the like continuance of of our lives and so quite often 
on the things the things that I'm doing like um, I don't usually I'm not usually hanging on to any kind of idea about them being harmful or beneficial because even when I go through that process of trying to logically figure that out it I tend to end up back at neutral. So then hopefully, hopefully I can just kind of like go about doing the things that I do, you know, doing work, doing other things, you know, like whether, whether we categorize anything as work or not, just doing And being in the world without, uh, and just like paying attention to what we're doing very closely, and just being really present with what we're doing, without constantly like worrying about how good or bad it is. But you know, maybe worrying. Maybe worrying about how good, good or bad it is is also useful, you know? Or not, so you're, you know, maybe that's what you're doing. Maybe that is like, maybe that's just the work that you're doing is questioning the utility of, of, of anything, of something. There's always, there's always relative utility or, or lack thereof. But it's hard to pinpoint any kind of ultimate utility. It's hard to pin down any kind of ultimate utility. Especially, you know, when we start to consider like what the, f what the ultimate fate of the human race might be. <clears throat> what role animal uh, consciousness, you know, has, like, so, or, you know, to what extent suffering exists outside of the human species. What, what life might look out, look like thousands of years from now if it indeed still exists. What, you know, what is the fate of our universe? Is, does it have a limited lifespan? In the end, will things like revert to some state of nothingness? And a big crunch or, or big rip or something like that? Or it, does the universe actually just come to a uh, cold, static, uh, stasis. You know, like most of those, most of those, you know, scenarios, like, 
seem to kind of kind of nullify morality. I don't know, you know. You know, it's like, there's that question of, uh, you know, or is, is more humans being alive, is that a net good? Some people, you know, there's, there's debate on that. There's a lot of debate on that. Or does it depend on how happy each of those humans are? And then, you know, how do we, how do we have a happy world like that? And or, or like I said, not 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 just happy, but meaningful and full of fulfilled potential, fulfilled human potential. And you know is is artificial intelligence is that the next predominant life form will it will it have consciousness will it be able to experience suffering Is it a bad thing if it replaces the human race? These are all things that come into that come into my consideration at times when I'm trying to make decisions about what to do with my time here in his body. But generally speaking, it's like all these all these considerations tend for me to to lead to one direction which really is 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 looking looking really just inward at the experiencer of the self 
You know, what is the nature of consciousness? And it's, it seems like the only really way to understand that is, is by looking at it, looking at consciousness directly, you know, look at what, what is doing the experiencing here. What is, uh, what's the, what is unchanging? We're back to the object of aesthetic beauty. This is like watching TV, man. You could watch this for hours. Man, I don't know, maybe I, there's nothing stopping me other than having to pee. You know, it's just like, look at something like this and it's it's just, uh, in some sense, it's like a break, a break from looking at the self, but, but then, you know, you realize you're still looking at the self. Everything that you're looking at is is looking at the self. Is everything, you know, everything is appears everything appears within this window of your consciousness. You don't ever, you don't ever stop. Um, you don't, you, you know, you don't ever stop like 
being consciousness. I don't What is that? What do I mean by that? There's there's a there's a quality of existing that is is continuous that actually it's the idea of it actually the idea of it being continuous is 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 an illusion of 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 time of experiencing time the idea of it being continuous depends on making this mental abstraction of there being time oh time to restart the video you stop when you stop thinking about time you know when when time when time kind of ceases or at least you know loosens its grip on your conception of life There's just this, this, uh, there's just this immediate, this, this immediate now that you realize is all that there is. And, and everything else, the past and future, are just projections that are located within the now. They're memories and they're projections. They're like pictures that are now. But then it's possible to like, it's also possible to experience now without those pictures sometimes. You know, I just remembered, I remembered that I have a thermos of tea. And it's probably, it might still be warm. Also, I still have to pee. You know, this is this is this is all this is all okay. We're we're not we're not like clinging on to any kind of profound special mind state. You know, we still got the the practicalities of life. You know, needing to hydrate and stay warm and to pee like those are all perfectly acceptable components of of now
They're not... They don't have to be distractions, you know, from something more profound. Because that would be, you know, making this comparative judgment that's, you know, where something, something that exists, something that happens is somehow an inferior aspect of reality. about how um, physiologically and, and, and therefore mentally the kind of quality of my thinking today is, is a little bit less continuous than my memory of the last walking talking video it's not the and that's that's not talking about the the quality of of the, the fundamental quality of experience that's essentially the same unchanging non-continuity um, but just the the quality of my mind is a little uh, my, my attentional resources I should say I'm feeling are not as high as the last video but I I feel I feel accepting of that I feel completely accepting of that one because I see how that's just the nature of how things happen to be at the moment in in relation to uh, past actions of mine. <clears throat> you know, namely how how my relationship to to things like media and food have have been in the recent past, the very recent past compared to how they were preceding the previous episode and but uh, also just appreciating the the noticing and the experiencing of, of what I'm describing as you know a rel a tr relatively lower attentional resources the experience of that because that's kind of this process that I've, I've talked about of like, you know, re-acclimating, re you know, resetting 
my my body and mind. Uh, towards a more towards more independence. You know, it's like exercise. You could say. But still, the um, there's still uh, like this this quality of 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 really feeling present, and you know sometimes I, I sometimes I hesitate to use that word because it's so ubiquitous these days. <clears throat> To the point where, where maybe it's, you know, lost some of it, its significance or something. But this experience of having having my thinking feeling unbounded by time. That has the that has a quality of being like something a clarity that's that's been uncovered by some clouds baseline feeling of peace is, is pretty good here. Feeling, feeling oriented correctly. I even use that word oriented lightly because it it seems to imply some linearity. But linearity is is not exactly how I'm experiencing right now. It's funny it's funny that I say right now because that's, you know, that's referencing, you know, one particular moment in ostensibly a, a, a linear experience of time and it's like I can fully I, I fully can I can fully conceive of the linear experience of time right now and and say that I'm I'm walking in a direction that is towards my home and I can think to myself about things that I'll do when I get home but 
kind of above that there's there's a perspective like that that all that all that all seems to exist within a higher perspective of of some kind of ever present and and unchanging experience of 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 everything being now I started to wonder about you know I, I started to question like what types of what like what what kind of quality what like what what type what type of more what type of like more characteristics like would I as a as a person have um if I if I claim to be ex experiencing this, but that doesn't that question doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I guess. Maybe, you know, it's so funny to think about, uh, it feels funny at this point to, to think about you. It's like the whole, the whole time you've been very much present with me. Like you're an you're an important component of of this experience for me. I can't tell I can't tell if I'm like trying to have a special experience or if I'm trying to to maintain a special kind of experience but as I said that I I don't think I am and actually I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly if I can say there is anything special about this experience, like it actually, I don't know. I know I, I know I've maybe said this in previous episodes, but I feel very normal right now. Almost weirdly normal.
like as if as if this is as as normal as things could possibly get or something like that It seems like just being able to to accept like completely to really fully accept completely normal experience is really hard to do. It's really hard to do. Excuse me. To, uh, yeah, like not, not like, uh, experiencing ecstasy. I'm not sure if I would call this, I'm not sure if I would exactly call this bliss. I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm not sure, sure exactly what bliss is. But I, I just feel, um, I feel like abnormally accepting of this. But for me, a lot of times, you know, like for me, of course, I'll, I'll avoid doing things that, that's, that appear to have, you know, an obvious negative effect on, you know, whatever happiness or utility or, you know, however I'm conceiving it, um, benefit in the world. Um, But often, if I really, if I really think, try to think thoroughly about the, you know, net impact of something that I'm doing, you know, really following down every trail of cause and effect, oftentimes what happens for me is that it all kind of, it all kind of neutralizes. You know, like, you help, you help someone in some immediate sense, but, uh, on the other token, it, like, they, they, it costs them some money, 
to get that help and and maybe it's like training them to be dependent on some form of help and you know maybe it's maybe it's like not contributing to like some heightened state of consciousness for them or, or something like that you know and and uh but then again it's like creating some some ease in their life that, that you know maybe they can they need to they need that so they can focus their efforts elsewhere you know and then like you know think about environmental impacts and stuff and how how like it kind of seems like almost almost every kind of transaction that we partake in has some negative environmental impact but then again those transactions seem necessary for just the, the like continuance of of our lives and so quite often When the things the things that I'm doing like um, I don't usually I'm not usually hanging on to any kind of idea about them being harmful or beneficial because even when I go through that process of trying to logically figure that out it I tend to end up back at neutral So then hopefully, hopefully I can just kind of like go about doing the things that I do, you know, doing work, doing other things, you know, like whether, whether we categorize anything as work or not, just doing and being in the world without, uh, and, and just like paying attention to what we're doing very closely and just being really present with what we're doing without constantly like worrying about how good or bad it is but you know maybe worrying maybe worrying about how good good or bad it is is also useful you know or not, so you're, you know, maybe that's what you're doing. Maybe that is like, maybe that's just the work that you're doing is questioning the utility of, of, of anything, of something. There's always, there's always relative utility or, or lack thereof. But it's hard to pinpoint any kind of ultimate utility. It's hard to pin down any kind of ultimate utility. Especially, you know, when we start to consider like what the, f what the ultimate fate of the human race might be. <clears throat> what role animal uh, consciousness, you know, has like 
so, or you know to what extent suffering exists outside of the human species what what life might look out look like thousands of years from now if it indeed still exists what you know what is the fate of our universe is does it have a limited lifespan in the end will things like revert to some state of nothingness and a big crunch or, or big rip or something like that or it, does the universe actually just come to a uh, cold static uh, stasis you know like most of those most of those you know scenarios like seem to kind of kind of nullify morality I don't know you know you know it's like there's that question of uh, you know or is, is more humans being alive, is that a net good? Some people, you know, there's, there's debate on that. There's a lot of debate on that. Or does it depend on how happy each of those humans are? And then you know how do we how do we have a happy world like that and or or like i said not 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 just happy but meaningful and full of fulfilled potential fulfilled human potential and you know is Is artificial intelligence, is that the next predominant life form? Will it, will it have consciousness? Will it be able to experience suffering? Is it a bad thing if it replaces the human race? These are all things that 
come into that come into my consideration at times when I'm trying to make decisions about what to do with my time here in this body. But generally speaking, it's like all these all these considerations tend for me to, to lead to one direction which really is 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 looking looking really just inward at the experiencer of the self you know what is the nature of consciousness and it's it seems like the only really way to understand that is is by looking at it, looking at consciousness directly, you know, look at what what is doing the experiencing here. What is uh What's the, what is unchanging? back to the object of aesthetic beauty this is like watching TV man you could watch this for hours man I don't know maybe I there's nothing stopping me other than having to pee. You know, it's just like, look at something like this and it's, it's just, uh, in some sense, it's like a break, a break from looking at the self, but, but then, you know, you realize you're still looking at the self. 
everything that you're looking at is is looking at the self is everything you know everything is appears everything appears within this window of your consciousness You don't ever, you don't ever stop. Um, you don't, you, you know, you don't ever stop like being consciousness. I don't. What is that? What do I mean by that? There's, there's a. There's a quality of existing that is is continuous. That actually, it's the idea of it. Actually, the idea of it being continuous is 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 an illusion of 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 time, of experiencing time. The idea of it being continuous depends on making this mental abstraction of there being time. Oh, time to restart the video. But does, you know, does a post-conventional state of being, does it have impact that that kind of like trickles down to a conventional state of being I don't mean to impose uh, a hierarchy maybe maybe some uh, maybe some hierarchy does uh, exist not uh, eval not a valuative hierarchy but a, in one case a dependence hierarchy and that this state of consciousness may be may be dependent on conventional like logical state of consciousness but then also a hierarchy of um of in the sense that in the sense that this post conventional um, consciousness 
is able to to uh, contain within it uh, a complete comprehension of conventional consciousness like from this you know perspective like as I was talking about earlier uh, even while you know feeling very experiencing like an unchanging ever-present nowness um, within that still being able to completely conceive of uh, linear time and the kind of relative reality of that within it but you know and to like but like it, it doesn't work so well the other way around where if my you know highest mode of functioning at, at any given moment happens to be bound within linear thinking linear thought you know abstraction of time I'm not really able to to, to consciously experience that um, that greater unbounded sense of of eternal presence and so it would appear to be uh, this hierarchy uh, where one contains the other but the other doesn't contain but the other one doesn't contain it It's just like that's like st stages of of development. I think I'm, I think I'm drawing. I'm definitely drawing upon the work of Ken Wilber here, where with increasing stages of development, you know, within individuals or within societies, our understanding of the world. Tends to increase such that our previous understanding can be contained within our new understanding, but our new understanding was never contained within our prior understanding. It doesn't imply that that's uh, a permanent. Um, well, it's, it doesn't imply that it, you can't regress, or that change that change is always in one direction. Like for instance, with my linear conception of time. I know that there will be times where I have the experience of feeling very unaccepting of what's going on right now. That doesn't feel real to me right now, but I can conceive that 
at some point in the future, which, you know, the future doesn't exactly feel real to me right now, but conceiving that at some point it will, uh, that at some point the past and future will have weight again and uh, I'll be in a state of feeling a compulsion to uh, change something about what's happening. And that's like, you know, that's that still seems to be more evidence of like, of the dependence because to be uh, in the state that I'm in right now depended me on me, you know, making making decisions based on the logic of linear time, you know? Like some amount of planning and uh, of desire to do this. Or, or maybe, you know, like it's it's maybe that there there is like maybe some kind of intuition that that develops is that is developed by having this type of experience that that starts to you know insert its its tendrils down into you know your lower states of consciousness and and exerts like a, a drawing up f force you know because you know in in my like everyday life where i'm concerned about me concerned about number 1 <clears throat> it's not as if doing what i'm doing right now makes any kind of logical sense it doesn't i'm not gaining anything logically in fact i'm seems to be logically it'd be a waste of time uh, a, a net loss of time and energy i think about it in any logical sense but yet i do it anyways there's something in me that is willing to defy my logical thinking defy my like my self-preservation types of instincts and and draw me towards having doing this kind of activity and being this way and having this type of experience.
you know, trying to, to let a post-conventional kind of wisdom have an increasing influence on my life. And like, I say, I say my life in almost in, in quotation marks, cause like when I'm thinking of it as my life, that's from a perspective of a conventional, a conventional perspective. But then there's this post conventional perspective that in which in which the idea of my life is only that, is only an idea. And that, that like perspective that is coming from something greater than myself, you know, in, in quotation marks. Maybe can have, you know, an increasing connection to, uh, you know, what, what am I, what am I trying to say to what, you know, connection to what? I'm like not not uh, the most friendly to IRL people when I'm doing this. Sometimes I sometimes I kind of ignore them. But it's okay, you know. Instead of the normal expected experience that of me saying hello or hi or how's it going, um, they get this they get this unexpected experience of seeing a guy walking with this like oddly shaped piece of wood with a camera rubber banded to it and ignoring them. And so I like to think that that might just insert a little bit more of wonder into their experience than if I did the normal thing. Maybe we can experience a little bit more aesthetic 
beauty. For a moment. I lost track. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. I was talking about some post-conventional wisdom taking more of a hold. Uh, but from that perspective, it's not like uh, not so much like it taking hold of my life so much as like the idea of my life like opening up and expanding to see the uh, greater reality of it this naturally happens when you get I wonder if this naturally happens when you tend to get old you know you have to face this prospect of dying um, and the you know the the thought of, of gaining personally uh, becomes very much foreshortened because you know anything you can possibly gain as a person uh, is limited by death and so I imagine it has to be become the older you get I have to imagine that like You have to become more and more centered around just appreciating experience. And like, not like specific, maybe not necessarily exactly specific pleasurable experiences because you know, uh, your body is gonna start to be, come, you know, I guess like, less less functional and like maybe more uncomfortable to be in maybe but you have to accept 
parts of that that you can't control. And then, and then you have to accept the eventuality of your body totally disintegrating into an unrecognizable form and your mind with it. So what remains, you know? What, uh, what's there gonna be then? So I imagine, you know, the closer you you get to death, the, the more one contends with that. And I should hope that accompanying that is, is some sense of liberation. I better, I better take a pee before I get back into the more populated zone. I'm just gonna point the camera elsewhere. A little, a little bit more complicated when you're wearing like three, three layers. And I was trying to decide whether I should keep talking while peeing or not, and I guess this answers that question. No reason to stop talking. Well, that's a relieving bodily sensation. Moving back towards towards population, you know, towards my home. We're gonna be back um, in the sounds of traffic soon. Um, this kind of energy of, of people going about doing things, and you know, I I, I uh, can remember, you know, being in that energy, you know. I drove on that road. I drove my car on that road the past three days in a row to and from my job. 
probably much of that time, maybe a lot, a significant amount of that time thinking about when am I going to be out walking and talking? You know, I'm feeling a certain draw towards it. And now here I am walking and talking and like being on the other side of that experience. Occupying some, what, you know, what feels like a different, uh, a, a, a very different mindset. But still, you know, like, here's that, here's this, this like, like non-existent road barrier on this curve where, I mean, if you look at that, it looks like a car just like flew right off of that and fell all the way down there. It seems... It seems entirely likely that somebody recently died right here. Somebody was just driving to or from work, probably. You know, and who, who knows what kind of experience they were having. Who knows what led them to to crash into the barrier, crash through the barrier. Like it could have been like that, those lanes are so narrow, they're so narrow and so curvy and people go so fast. I'm like every time I every time I get like off of that road without dying, I'm like amazed all it would take is like just like a slight bit of like one person like airing you know like swerving out of their lane a bit and they like tap somebody in the other lane and they lose control and fly over fly through the, the railing and die Whoever died could have been, you know, entirely lucid driver, you know, focused entirely at the task of driving. Or maybe they could have been distracted by something or thinking about something, who knows. Occupying some, uh, you know, going somewhere, going somewhere. And then just very suddenly that being completely uninterrupted, interrupted and who knows how much time they had to realize the fact that they, their life was about to end.
And what was that experience like? Of looking death directly, imminently, in the next flash, in the split second. What's that experience of dying like? I almost imagine that experience to be like kind of like everything at once like like there there's probably like there's probably a lot of like pain and sorrow and uh at like suddenly you have to Suddenly you have to let go of every single idea that you thought about the future of your life and uh, all the happiness that you might have experienced. Um, you know, being with people that you love and, and such. then maybe, maybe, you know, maybe at the end of that, that painful experience, there's a kind of release. I mean, there must, there has to be, you know, that's, that, uh, whatever self that was looking forward to that future ceases being and so at some point there's there's nothing there anymore which has anything to lose but before that there was something there that had a lot to lose but then it lost it all including itself But for me, um, I kind of conceive death as a, a dissolution of all the structures that constitute the self that, um, that create the the separation, the separate feeling of me and the rest of the world. Death being like the most profound and ultimate dissolution of all those structures. All that separateness disappearing.
but maybe you know within life before that physical form dissolves it's possible to to kind of loosen the loosen the grip of those structures to some extent or at least to be able to see through them a little bit such that the prospect of death is is not a fearful one It's like you can't, you know, you can't really, I, I don't think you can, you can't have the, the bodily pleasures after death. Those are only for now when you're in, in a body. And <clears throat> you know, I'm not sure, I, I you can't have like the the egotistical pleasures of enjoying enjoying the the idea of who it is to be you um and uh i don't think that there will be you know, sensual perception after death for you to enjoy. There won't be, there will no longer be sense organs. And there will no longer be, you know, a brain that thinks. So I, I don't think that there will be thoughts after death <clears throat> and and so it becomes important to ask what is what is here now You know, within experience, because that's all, all we really have that, that will continue after death and was pr present before birth. What component of our experience will remain after death? And I don't think it's... I think that there is something, but I don't think it's anything 
that's I don't think it's any part of our logical time-based sense of conventional reality You know, we're not going to be able to... There's not going to be a, anything to think about the past or the future. There's not going to be memories, I don't think. There's still going to be something, you know? All the matter that... that we identify with our body is still there. It hasn't disappeared. Um, you know, and, and of course, as, as is pretty widely known, um, we, we are not just the matter in our bodies because the matter in our bodies is constantly changing, you know? We eat things and that, the things we eat become our bodies and then we excrete things and we flake off skin and our hair grows out and we cut our hair and and matter leaves our bodies and it's it's like constantly renewing and I I think I've heard that every seven years every atom in your body has been replaced I mean, I don't know like how accurate the seven years part is, but you know, the concept, there's truth to the concept. Like there's no intrinsic matter in your body that constitutes you. It's always changing and then you know, at death it just changes a little more drastically. The pattern of use, you know, that existed for your life dissipates. But it might continue on in other ways, like your impact, your legacy in the world. People that knew you. The, all the impact, all the every interaction, every interaction that you had with the world throughout your life, you know, continues to have an effect, and that effect is rippling forward through time. And it continues in the world, and everything that I don't know, every everything that you ever essentially were. Is still remains.
And when I say everything that you essentially were, I mean basically, basically nothing. I don't be afraid of death because there's nothing there to be lost to begin with. And realize that now and realize your unity with Realize the unity with everything that there is, and that's kind of the closest thing to security, anything that, that you can get. You know, understand Understand your cause and effect in the world right now, in your life. Understand what impact your life has right now. And just, you know, inhabit that, inhabit this experience that you're having. Find, find your home in your, in your current experience right now. It's not really about like happiness, you know, it's not like uh, it's no it's not gonna necessarily leave you lead you to like a surface level happiness. But like at the deepest part of who you are It's like, I don't know, which is already fundamentally connected with reality. It's just like realizing that, like realizing your already already like fundamental um, perfect nature.
and then that, that realization kind of like can can uh, impact the more um, superficial like day-to-day -day aspects of 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 your being like it's how you how you interact with the world in in a really positive way like it becomes it just becomes like really easy and natural to to um to have integrity and and morality like they become just they become just natural to do It doesn't feel like you're sacrificing something, you know? It's like there's... It's not really a sacrifice to, to be a good person. It just, it feels like, just like the completely normal thing to do. Maybe at times it's like there's like more surface level discomfort or pain involved in in doing the right thing, but you know you feel that's that's not a problem because you feel connected at a deeper level. I feel uh, I feel a little self-critical of um, the tone that I've adopted here. Why? Why is that? It's like I. Uh, it's like I've. It seems as if I have a certain association with the. Um, of the th the things that I'm saying them saying and the way that I'm saying and the general disposition that uh, that I, I seem to associate with um, like maybe I've I've heard that sentiment before from coming from somebody else and so I feel like skeptical of of its authenticity or something like that. Or I, you know what it might be is like that it, it, 
like like now it's now I'm like kind of slipping into a, a relative kind of truth where I'm I'm saying things in a in a, a kind of like goal oriented manner in a kind of like uh, edifying uh, you know advice giving kind of goal oriented manner which 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 really only has like a relative kind of truth but you know it's maybe it could be maybe that can maybe it's the right thing for some people at some times you know even even that though even like saying saying the right thing uh, like you can't you like I can't ever take that take what I said like a hundred percent seriously Like just because, like, even even this like essential essential like perfection, like includes like you know everything. It includes like every you know aspect of 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 you already. You know. Like there's there's like I I don't want to like I can't tell you that you should you should discard any uh you know aspect of your being per se you know or not necessarily not discard but like reject you know it's like like trying to re reject any aspect of yourself is just like trying to reject any aspect of reality would seem to imply a kind of limited understanding of things of yeah I don't know it's like more we want like total integration of our pasts our, our, our pasts you know Understanding that every part of our past went how it needed to go to bring us to where we are now. <clears throat> and where we are now is where we need to be right now. Uh, and the future, we have some control over. some some control you know of, of uh, you know how how we deal with the present how do we deal with the present and that's that affects the future uh, I'm just like you know I'm just saying obvious things now it's just like total professor obvious here saying things that don't need to be said that you already know you you've always known you know I every anything that I could say is something that you essentially have always known that's that's a good way to convince somebody of something you know convince them that it's not you convincing them convince them that they are that they're coming to this understanding independently
But the core of what I'm saying, you know, the really important part is, is something that, like, you don't have... There's no, like, taking my word for it. It's just, like, uh... You know, what's your own experience? I think we're like getting getting to the end here. We might be might be past the end here. There was like a, there was a little bit of uh, There was a few minutes, like maybe a couple, a minute or two or three, I don't know how long. I'm missing when the camera stopped recording for a moment, but. I think we're like up around the end of this end. You know, I'm, I'm getting back into the loud traffic part, so it might be a good time to just end because, you know, or and as, as as you can tell, you know, we haven't we haven't gone anywhere in this video. We haven't like gotten, you know, it, if we went in it, we're all we're we're back where we started, uh, and. And I'm back to telling you that, like, nothing that I've said uh, is really anything of importance. You know, it's just, we're still just here now, uh, you know? Fundamentally, nothing has changed. Fundamentally, you know, we, we still have to keep, you know, contending with whatever the contents of our consciousness is, whatever, uh, whatever our experience is right now, and like, you know, it's just regular, regular old life, you know? Here it is, like, you know, you just do it. Uh, I, and so like, I'm rambling on here, not really saying anything, so I'm just gonna like stop now. And thanks so much for joining. Uh, it does mean a lot. Well, I mean, what, what do I mean by that? I don't know. Uh, your 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 presence here is meaningful for me and encourages me to keep doing this. Um, if you want to engage, uh, more with me, check out my Patreon site, uh, because I don't make any money from ads, I'm not running ads, uh, on the Patreon site, you can sign up for a monthly donation as little as $2, and I post a lot of other stuff there that I make, uh, a lot of other creative work that I don't post publicly, and, uh, and I have Skype conversations with patrons, and 
I enjoy them a lot. And uh, this is this is myself. This is my self-interested self, you know. Rearing its head. Because, you know, post-conventional is dependent on conventional well-being. Everybody's got to make money. Well, I guess... Yeah, you know, I have to. You know, I have to. I just want to make money. I'll just say that. Okay. Um, see you next time.